are the champion. The one that holds the line and finishes the mission. Everything that you want is within your grasp. You wake up in the morning ready to dominate the day. And every step taken is with purpose and integrity. Because you were not put on this planet to live a mediocre existence. You are here to conquer and make the biggest impact possible. Not only for yourself, but for your family and for your tribe. This world is a battlefield, but we will be victorious. This is the Norse mentality. What's up, guys? I hope that you are having a glorious day. Today, I'm sitting down with Norse athlete James Gibbs. Say what's up, James. Hey, what's up, guys? So James was in town yesterday competing at OSG qualifiers, which is official strongman games qualifiers for the big leagues, the big competition coming up. And since you were 10 minutes down the road, I was like, all right, well, we need to do a podcast with James. And James does all kinds of shit. So James has done yeah. powerlifting. James has done strongman. James has done highland games. He's done all kinds of it. You're an ex-Marine as well, right? Yes. Okay. So how did yesterday go at the competition? Uh, yesterday went really well. It was a big learning curve. Uh, my first official Strongman Games regional championship. So it was kind of a starstruck by some of the guys that were there. So this is like one of the bigger competitions you've done. This is it one was of stacked the largest. yesterday. Yeah. yeah. One of the largest for me. And then the weekend prior for United States Strongman Nationals, my first year there as well. Oh, yeah. You competed so, last weekend yeah, as well weekend against too. a lot of heavy hitters. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Stacked. Stacked. Yeah, this is uh, this was big for me. Yesterday went really well, though. Uh, I got sixth place overall. I uh, went into it with some injuries and things like that that I knew were there. But hey, you got to come out and support the strongman community because we're so small. Right. So try to stay up there, stay relevant, and uh, not go out there and kill myself so I can go back to the drawing board and really train for next year. How did you get into strongman? Uh, strongman actually started through a good friend of mine. Uh, I met him at work a couple years ago after I got out of the military, and uh, he was he was just lifting odd implements. And he asked me to come over to his house. Uh, I came over, and he had these giant concrete stones and natural logs and things like that, and I thought it was so cool. So uh, I went just out picking there. picking up started, weird shit. Yeah, just picking up random rocks, throwing them on your <laughs> shoulder. And uh, I, I had a lot of fun with it. So I found my first competition, which is what ran me into uh, Greg Popejoy. Okay. That's the team foundry guy. Yeah, it's a yeah, Greg's a good big dude. team down in Jacksonville, North Carolina, where I'm at. And uh, yeah, I just took off from there. And so from the time you started training in strongman, like you found strongman from lifting weird shit at your friend's house. Yep. How long was it between learning about it and then signing up for your first competition? I would say it was about six months. I signed up for one that was on base in Jacksonville at Camp Lejeune. Okay, and, so it was uh, pretty quick. I took fourth in that, and there was no weight class. So it was just overall, like overall. just a bunch of big motherfuckers out there. I was the lightest. Shit. You were the lightest person the there. Lightest you got fourth. Man. I got fourth. Your first competition within six months of training for it. Yes, sir. That's pretty awesome. And you also only have like one lug, right? I don't know the whole story. I just, we hear stuff, you know, like at Norris. Yeah. And it's like, you know, James only has one lung. I'm like, what the fuck? So, and he, uh, he kills it. Yeah, I go out there and I try to hang with these big heavy hitters and things. Uh, sometimes it gets a little more difficult when it comes to medleys and things like that because it's so taxing on your lungs. So you need all that oxygen. With me, uh, I sit and hover around 95 to 96% oxygen at rest. I get into the high 80s when I'm really moving heavy weight, like 275-pound bags for 100 feet. <laughs> Start doing things like that. You see my oxygen levels drop, and I have a tendency of passing out because of it. So, have you passed out during competitions? Uh, yeah, I was on my 14th rep at uh, the Team Foundry Classic last year, and I was 14th rep at 455 on the strongman squat. And just blacked and the fuck out. I just, psh, 
went out wow. cold, woke up eight seconds later. How many did I get? So, <laughs> so what's the story behind the lung? So the lung happened. I was 13 years old, so I don't have anything cool like military wise. Yeah. I didn't get shot in the chest when I was in Afghanistan or anything. But uh, I was 13 years old. I was getting ready to go out and shoot before a basketball game. I uh, grew up in Tennessee. So obviously guns were like second nature to yeah. us. <laughs> we killed things to eat type situation. Right. But uh, yeah, uh, negligent discharge went off, hit me in my right chest. And where it hit, hit the pulmonary artery. So they came in, took me out of the house, and uh, I kept waking up because they would turn me upside down on the stretcher to go down the stairs. And I would wake up because the blood would brush my head. And every time I woke up, I grabbed the guy that was next to me or whoever was next to me. Didn't even know if it was a guy. And called my dad because I knew he was on the way home and I was getting the guns ready. So that stuck to me. I woke up once there. Uh, they pronounced me dead twice on life flight. You were 13? On, I was 13. They pronounced me dead two times on life flight on the way to Vanderbilt Hospital in Nashville. And then uh, one time in the ambulance before I got to life flight. And then they pronounced me dead twice while in surgery. Uh, I have five time of death cards that have Holy been written. Fuck. Uh, I was dead for over two minutes at a time, multiple times. Uh, a lot of stories behind that, too. Probably yeah. a whole nother podcast, but... That would be like, let's believe in aliens and ghosts. So uh, actually, <laughs> I think we should dig into that on this podcast. But <laughs> I like how you were like, oh, I didn't get shot in the Marines or anything. But you did get shot. I did. Yes. It, yeah. Uh, pulmonary at 13, artery. And here and, you are. And because it hit the artery uh, where it went, it severed the artery from the lung. And on your right side, you have three lobes. On your left side, you have two lobes. Okay. So your five lobes. I now have two. Uh, the pulmonary artery has been closed off. I've got an angio seal device in there. And I can't get into large magnets, okay, like uh, MRI machines and things yeah. like that, because it'll possibly rip it out. Has that did that ever mess with you? Because I mean, that's a young age, right? And that's right. really like when we're shaping our identity as you know preteens and stuff like that. To a certain extent, you're no longer a child; you're starting to become someone else. Now you're someone with a lung that doesn't work. Did that ever like hold you back at all? Thinking. I'm not going to be able to do this because I only have one longer. Did that ever go through your head or was it never even an option? So for me, I'm so competitive that I almost feel like that it helped me in that way. So after I got shot, everyone was like, oh, well, he can't do this because he's missing a lung or he can't do that because he's missing a lung. Oh, he can't breathe. So he can't do that. I took that and I ran with it. And I was like, you said I can't do it, so I'm going to do it. So other people around you were trying to, like, shove this victim mentality down your head. Yes. Like, they were trying to make you feel like a victim. And luckily for you, your personality, right. you didn't accept it. Refused it. That's amazing. Yeah, so I, I refused to be coddled. Right. So no one was going to coddle me. Uh, it was – I got shot December 9th of 1999. Okay. And I rode a bicycle out of Walmart because my dad, it was right before Christmas. I was in a coma for 10 of those days, came out, had three chest tubes, 178 staples in my back to close up where they spread my ribs and took the lung, Uh, went through everything. They said I had to walk three laps around a hallway on the fourth floor of Vanderbilt. And if I could do that, they would let me go home. It took me three days after I came out of a coma to get home. Wow. So dad took me to Walmart. He bought me a brand new bicycle because that's what I wanted. And uh, with that, I I refused to walk it out. He wanted me to let him walk it out. And I was like, no, I'm riding. Wow. So I rode it out of Walmart in the snow. (laughs) Where where did that come from? So like I said, like you were young and you already had this mindset, like 
fuck you, like I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Yeah. Where do you think that came from? Was it is that something like your dad instilled in you? Or is it just uh, your personality since the very beginning? Like, what do you think that, where do you think that is a result? I think I was molded by my dad. Uh, is he similar? My dad was, he, say again. Is he similar? Very. He's okay. very similar to me. Uh, my brother is the same way. We grew up very, very close. And my dad grew up with us because he was, he was young when he had us. I mean, he was, uh, I think dad was 24, 25 when he had me. Okay. And because of that, he he never got to be a kid because his dad died when he was thirteen. So he had when to be I got a man shot. Of the household. So right. he had to be the man, and uh, they worked tobacco patches and all that. Growing up in Tennessee, wow. So he had to quit school, didn't graduate high school, uh, anything. So because of that, he was he was very hard, and he pushed that onto us. It was always yes sir, yes ma'am. Uh, very hard life. Uh, we ran three karate schools all growing up. So Shotokan and Budo Jiu Jitsu. Uh, when I was 11, 12 years old, I was running classes for Shotokan. Wow. So uh, with that, it was one of those very well-disciplined, very well-respected, all elders, things like that. And there was no give up. And it was never taught to me to be weak. Yeah. So I just, I guess it's just me, who I am. Yeah. Uh, and definitely very confrontational like, and not ever going to be seen as weak. That's awesome. So, I mean, I didn't know about that that you guys did like martial arts schools and stuff. Yep. Did you ever compete in martial arts? Uh, we did. We did a lot of sparring tournaments and things like that. Yeah. I uh, grew up doing that. I was not allowed to not be there because we were running the schools with dad. Yeah. So, and yeah, that, that really instilled who I am today. Yeah. And it's just the no give up mentality and you just run with whatever happens. Go That's with awesome. the flow. I, I almost hate that because I have a kid and I'm always wondering, like, I just, I know that's so important. Like these little things can shape who is she, who she's going to become in the future. It so will. that's why I really wanted to ask you that is for myself is like, was this just how you were? Is this something that like your parent, you know, your dad helped for sure reading yeah. you or whatever it was, but that's absolutely amazing. And I think it's something for everyone listening. Like if you have kids and stuff, like you need to make sure that you're instilling these principles and discipline and stuff right. into them. Like you don't have to be a complete hard ass, of course, like still have fun with your kids and stuff, but also like realize that your job right now is to shape this person into being like the best individual possible down the road. Yeah. And your situation, it was your dad being like, we don't give up. We're That's disciplined, right. all these different aspects. It's uh, it's my last name. It's almost like a, it's a legend in my hometown really, because it was a small town. A uh, lot larger now, obviously. I mean, I'm 36 years old. I've, I've grown up. Yeah. But the town grew, and myself and my brother and my family grew. And uh, with that, that Gibbs mentality is what we call it. Gibbs mentality. So it's uh, you're a Gibbs, so you're not going to fail. You're a Gibbs. You can't quit. I think we've definitely lost that, too, as like a culture now, because I feel like everyone used to be like that. Right. You know, 100 years ago, it was everyone. I mean, when I was growing up, it was the same way. Like, you're a Lewis. That's right. You're Lewis, you know, and I don't really hear that anymore. There's almost like there's not a there, there's no pride in your last name anymore, like where your family right. came from and all this different stuff. It's just we've almost lost touch with that. Something that has been so important through tribes and all these different things for thousands of years. Yeah, so. Now, for the first time, like you, you almost don't see it anymore. It's almost like the last name has no meaning. There's, I don't believe nowadays that anyone's trying to leave a legacy as we used to. Yeah. So our fathers and the fathers before them and the fathers all the way back, they were trying to instill in their sons 
to make their names so hard and so just heavy when you hear it that it either instilled some type of fear in the other people that heard it or it instilled some type of respect that they should give you because of your name. Well, you have to have those things in order to survive in this world. Right. In all reality. And that's and I wonder if that's why we've lost touch with this because we live in a society now where it's just so comfortable and easy and yeah. we've lost touch with like how the world really works, you know, like the animal kingdom, the competitiveness of yeah. that where if you're weak, you die. It's a survival of the fittest. Right. And now it's it's not like that anymore. No. You can be weak and you can actually like kind of have a decent life, I guess. I mean, in terms of resources, you know, back in the day, if you're weak, you didn't have resources. And right. If you're weak, they kicked you out of the fucking tribe. But yeah. now yeah. you, you there's no importance of that anymore. No, but back in the day, it's exactly what you said. You wanted your name to be so powerful that if someone else heard it, they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, not okay. Don't fuck with that dude just because of his last name. But yeah, it's because your family before you put in the work to make that a reality. Right. I mean, it's even the same with like Viking culture. You know, like the whole thing was doing as much possible in this life to leave that lasting legacy. That way your name is sung for thousands and thousands of years right. and all that stuff. And do we just we don't talk about it anymore? But it's something that I think about a lot. Because you have an opportunity now to leave more of a legacy than ever before. Like this podcast right here, this is part of my legacy. Right. Yeah. I hope that my great-grandchildren go back and listen to this. And it's something I think about pretty often. And, and they can see. And they can see. Yeah. Right. Like they can see old grandpa yeah. Andy, great-grandpappy Andy yeah. shooting the shit with James. Showing their kids. You know, 100 <laughs> years ago. Right. And yet we don't try to. Or what's even worse is social media now, right? People, yeah. you have grown adults doing absolutely ridiculous shit in order to get likes and comments and attention and stuff, especially grown men making asses of themselves. Yeah, I don't want to be a legend that way. No, that's the thing. That's you won't be, but that's how they will be remembered. That's right. And we've lost touch of that. How are you going to be remembered? Because each action that you take is shaping that. Like the clock is always taking, the clock is always ticking and every action that you take right now is how you're going to be remembered by other people. Do you want to be remembered as that dude that's fucking dancing wearing a dress online because it got some shares? Or do you want to be that person yeah. that's actually like being a strong-minded individual, busting ass, conquering life, and that's what he's known for is someone that just really got after it? And yeah. that's a decision that people have to make, but it's not something that we talk about anymore. So it's not even something that crosses people's minds. I think it's got a lot to do with society nowadays and the way that People have been raised because you don't have that mentality of let's leave a legacy of our last name. We don't have the Lewises anymore that have not been raised in your family or something. Right. These other names out here, you don't – you can hear certain names. Like if you hear Hall, everybody thinks of one guy. So for me, a lot of my life is Strongman. Yeah. I've dedicated a lot of my life to Strongman, so I push it. So if I hear Hall, I think Eddie Hall. Right. If uh, even thinking the whole – abandoning the modern culture. Right. That's exactly what we need to do with anyone that wants to leave a legacy. Because if we get away from that social media, like I'm not big on social media, everybody's going to be able to look at uh, anything I look at right now yeah. or say on this podcast, they're going to be able to look me up and see that I have like 700 followers. And I know most every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> right. it's not like I'm some guy that's like just accepting everyone. Right. Because it doesn't matter to me what's on my social media. I do that because some of my family sees it. Some of my really close friends that are strongman competitors see it. But 
that's not how I want to be remembered is my social media. It doesn't matter to me. No. How I want to be remembered is how somebody thought of me, how somebody thought like, hey, he went out there with a broken back that's been broken for 15 weeks and still deadlifted 630. When did this happen? Yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> so, okay. So not only did you only, you know, you killed yesterday with one lung, but you also deadlifted how much? Uh, 630 was the final bar. Uh, I didn't hit 680. We had 50 pound okay. jumps. But I made it through the ladder. With a broken back. I didn't back. even expect to do that because I tore both my erectors 15 weeks ago. Holy shit. So I'm, I'm still in that healing process. What I love about that is that I had no idea, and yet I keep up with you pretty often because, right. like I said, like you're a Norse athlete. I had no idea that about that. Uh, and it, but that's because you don't put it out there. Like yeah, you're, you're I not. I don't need to be coddled. Right. You, you're so. not telling everybody, oh, I got this issue. I got this issue. Like no one is aware of it. You're just putting in the fucking work to the best of your ability with the circumstances that you were given. Right. And I still placed sixth out of, I believe there's 14. We kind of cut it down to 12. I think one guy didn't show up yeah. and one got hurt. So, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> middle of the pack with a jacked up back. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome, man. I, I like that though, where you want to be remembered by what you did. Right. Right. And it's not what you did on social media or no, anything like that. It's like what you accomplished in the real world. It's who I am as a person. Right. I want people to remember me as a person and how I was, how if if I know you and you're my brother, I'll give you the shirt off my back in the dead of winter. So one of the, I mean, the reason you're here right now actually is because John met you at that competition you passed out at, I think. Right. right? Yeah. He was there for that and yeah, saw me and go that, to sleep. I think that was <laughs> the first time that he met you and he came home and he was talking about you because you left an impact on John. Right. John usually doesn't waste my time telling me about people because he knows that, like, really, I don't give a fuck. But right. John was like, this dude, like, he's awesome. Like, he was running with the sandbag, like, making a show. Like, he has tongue out, like, smiling at the kid. You know, just, like, yeah. his personality was out there. And you left enough of an impact on John for him to come back here and be like, Andy, like, you need to – I think that you and this guy would get along really well. But that goes, goes back to what you were saying. Right. That's something that you did in person – with someone else and you weren't even trying to, you were just being you, you were being the authentic you and you left an impact on someone's life because of that. Exactly. And I think that's how everyone should be. Anyone that listens to this podcast, even they don't, they need to stop worrying about what other people are going to think about them or what they look like every day. Cause it really doesn't matter. Cause for me in my eyes, if someone doesn't like me, it's their fault. Yeah. Because they're obviously not liking me for some reason. That I'm not going to change for them. It's their issue. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, if you issue. don't like me, it's your fault. If you don't like what I have to say to you, that's your fault. Because I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be straightforward. And I'm going to tell you how I feel. Well, we have this idea now as well that we that everyone needs to like us. Everyone needs to like us. Everyone needs to agree with us. And if you don't yeah. agree with us, fuck you. You're going to get canceled. All of yeah. this different shit, right? And it's like, no. I have enough friends. I don't need any more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit if I meet another new person at all. Like, yeah. Of course, I'm going to. And I'm sure they're going to be awesome and all that good shit. But... At the same time, I, you have to let that go. And that's something that even I've struggled with probably because of social media for right. so long. You know, I've yeah. been on it my entire life now pretty much. But especially with this podcast in, in the beginning, it was nerve-wracking for me. Oh, I'm Because sure. I was talking yeah. about shit. And I remember we when we started posting clips about the podcast and, and people were getting on there. Yeah, this, and they everybody's going to be a hater too. Yeah, like there were people that were <laughs> disagreeing and tearing me apart and saying some pretty hateful shit. And it did kind of get to me, but I still put it out there because I had to. And the reason I had to is because like, okay, I know where I want this company to go. I know what I want my legacy to be. 
And I'm not going to allow these comments from these people that I don't know derail me from accomplishing what I want to in this life. Exactly. But I wonder if the reason that people get so upset about what other people think of them is because they don't have a clear objective about what they want to accomplish. And because of that, they're easily derailed. When you are tunnel vision on your objective, nothing else fucking matters. Right. Right. But if you don't really have any purpose and you don't have any direction in your life and you're just kind of floating by, every little thing can send you off track. And as a result, these little comments completely make you question who you are as an individual when you are the only person that knows who you are. They're going to wreck your plans too. Right. Because you care. Yeah. That's what I want everybody to stop doing is caring. What a comment says about you doesn't make who you are. It also doesn't change the purpose that you were doing what you were doing. So you continue to do this no matter what anybody said because you had a purpose. You had that tunnel vision. Yeah. You didn't care what anybody said because you were going to do it anyways. I definitely, I will say I did care. So like for those of you, you. yeah, like that's the thing is I want, I want to say that because I don't want people listening to this and be like, well, Andy doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks of them. No, that is, that's not true. Like even still sometimes some shit will sting and I'm like, well, fuck it. I don't, I don't give a shit. But that thing is like you build a tolerance to it and it doesn't change your objective. No, it doesn't. But that's because it's so set. I know exactly where I'm heading. Now, I don't know everything that's going to happen so far, actually. This whole journey has been way better than I ever thought. And that's pretty awesome. Like when I look back. I mean, there's a lot of support for your podcast. It's 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 growing, man. And I'm excited about that. And so that's a perfect example. When I started the podcast, we had meetings. and I was like, this is not going to (laughs) be this is not going to be like the main thing. It's not going to like it's just a side thing for when I have time to do it. Mm -hmm. And now it is the main thing. And I didn't realize that till like three months ago. But either way, when I started Norris, I had I had an idea. I, I knew what it was going to be about, but I didn't have like the end goal in mind. I was like, this is what we're going to stand for. And that's what I'm getting at. I knew what Norse was going to stand for. I knew what our values were. And because of that, nothing else mattered. Like that was my compass. If you know who you are as an individual and you know what your morals and values are, nothing can send you off course because that is what guides you through life. Okay. What these people are doing does not align with my beliefs. So I'm not going to fuck with them. Right. They can do their own thing. It doesn't affect me. I don't care. But these are not people that I need to be around because they are not moving me forward. And the reason I know they're not moving me forward is because they're doing shit that I don't agree with. But instead now we want to do, we feel like we have to fit in with everybody. You're not going to fit in with everybody. It's not going to happen. It's impossible. And then the more that you try to be liked by everybody, the less like you're going to be in all reality. That's exactly it. I mean, there's no way to make everyone happy. So the only thing you can do is make yourself happy. You have to make yourself happy. Yourself is really all that matters. Anyways, is, um, have you ever like dealt with depression or anything like that? Lots of it. Yeah. And, uh, it, it takes a large chunk out of your life. So once you get past that, everything's better. And that's, that's when you realize like, care about what you're doing and don't care about what other people think about that. And that's what I've had to do for myself is stop trying to satisfy everyone else in my life and start satisfying James. Yeah. Putting yourself once first. I started doing that, I was happy. And that's, I mean, you can't help. And that's something I preach all the damn time is you cannot help anyone else until you help yourself first. Correct. And it's part yeah. of our culture now where being selfish 
is a bad thing. And certain aspects of being selfish is bad, of course. Like you don't want to hurt other people in order to get ahead in life and stuff like that. But when it comes to taking care of you, that is the top priority because you can't take care of anybody else. Right. You can't help other people until you help yourself. And until you become the best version of yourself possible, the better that you become, the more value that you can provide. Like you, know, you have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. The more that you work on yourself, the better your relationship is going to be with your girlfriend. And I still daily, every day, try that. You have to. Because it, when we met, we were so different. So different. Because I'm I'm more high strung, right? Yeah. Not to not to continue talking about Kimmy or anything, but yeah. With that, that's a it's a good point that we should talk about because if you're not happy and you're not happy with yourself and you need things that you need to work on to change, you can't make anyone else happy. Well, that's the thing is people try to avoid it. They try they to do. avoid helping them. They try to avoid fixing themselves and try to fix other people instead. Well, they want to do this. Well, right. They want to it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to tell realize. other people. Right. Yeah. It's a lot easier to say, I think you should do this. I think you should do this. Well, why don't you turn that fucking finger on point at yourself? Yeah. What do I need to do? And then you actually have to put in the damn work. Once you actually like realize, oh shit, I am lacking in this department. And I have been it's, my uh, entire life. And that's how it happens, dude. It's not like it a, it's not like something that you realize over a long period of time, right? It's like, you're just doing your thing. And yeah, all and of a sudden one day you're clicks. like, oh shit. <laughs> I did not realize I had that personality trait. Okay, uh, this is holding me back. I need to fix that. And that's the hard part, though, is coming to that is. realization that you have a fault. There is something wrong with you. And then being like, okay, well, I want to fix this because I want to be better. I want to become the best version of myself. And that's not going to happen with this fucking thing that I can fix. It's just going to take a little bit of work. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot easier to be like, you need to fix this. Yes. You need to do that. You it's need your to fault. Or, yeah, blaming yeah. it on other people. My parents did this. My girlfriend did this. My friend did this to me. They didn't do anything to you. You allowed their actions to affect you right. at that level, which I've had to work through that shit too. Like I'm upbringing. currently going through it. Right. That's yeah, the thing though. Is, it clicked weeks ago and I'm still trying so to So that recently. Things. Very recently. Yeah. But it was realizing that, okay, that happened. Mm-hmm. But only I can fix this. Right. And I'm so much happier than I was even a week ago. That's amazing. Because I'm starting to work on those things. Is it because you took responsibility? It is. Okay. It's because I realized and it clicked like you're saying. It didn't happen over time. It was just like, damn, I'm an (laughs) issue and I need to fix this. So then once I realize that and I wake up every day thinking this is what I need to work on today, it's helped. So is that what you do? So you realized very recently that you had this, this problem that you need to work on. Right. And now every day you're reminding yourself of it and being like, we need to work on this today. I I try to stay conscious of my decisions throughout the day so I don't revert back to how I was even a week ago. So how do you go about doing that? Is there like, do you write it down or is it just like when you wake up in the morning, it's just your first thought like, hey, don't forget about this today. A couple months ago, I was writing it down and it was a completely different issue. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was actually, you remember when you sent out the Norse planner to me? Yeah. Well, it had the goals and everything section. And when I was sitting there writing in it, I was like, you know what? I, I've got some issues. <laughs> it's because of the Norse planner? It was. Oh, and wow. Because it, cool. it, it sat me down and I was like, because I was trying to do my planning and my programming and things like that, that I'm getting from my coach and getting everything written down. So I know numbers and sets and everything just like anyone else would that lives. Yeah. But I looked at that goal section and I looked at it very hard and I was like, 
I need to actually think for a second. And I started thinking, and I was like, I'm fucked up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a couple months ago is really where that started. And it was wow. actually when I got your Norse planner. That's amazing. So, and it, I probably didn't even open it for the first two days because I was just so busy. Yeah. And it's hard for me not to be busy. Yeah. Because between everything I have going on, I build strongman equipment. I do strongman. I'm at the gym all the time, helping as much as I can, anybody I can. So, on top of that, being able to sit down by myself and think about something for just a minute, just doing that by getting your planner helped me so much. It gets it out of your head. And I may not use it every day. I may not even use it every week. Yeah. But when I do use it and I, I read that goals section and I flip to that first page where I printed off some stuff that I actually needed to write down and yeah. I printed it off and I taped it right in the front. So now I can open that and look at it and say, I got this. Wow. That's so, cool. Yeah. So it's it's been a big help. Just your, your That's planner. crazy. So with that, like I'm still working on things. Uh, I think everybody does need to work on things. We but all once do. again, we all need to get away from the social media side of things and break away and actually get into your own mind. Well, think about what the real issues are. That's why people spend so much time on social media is because it's a distraction from yourself. It is. Oh, I have this negative feeling coming up. I'm feeling a little sad. Well, let me pull out my phone because then I won't feel sad anymore for numerous reasons. Yeah. For one, I'm getting a dopamine release. But for two... I'm distracted. I'm no longer worried about what's going on inside of me right now. I'm worried about whatever this person's doing. Yeah, you can forget about what's actually wrong. Yeah. You know, you forget about reality. That's the issue with it. We no longer live in reality. We live in this virtual reality. We don't fix problems anymore. We add new ones. Yeah, we just add new ones. just cover them up. Because a new problem doesn't bother you. It's your problems that you won't deal with that creep up. And then you have depression like you're talking about. Yeah. So with that, yeah, I've had tons of it. Like, yeah. Tons of it. And I've I've come off of all of my SSRIs. Okay. And I've I've filled strongman into those positions. I was gonna ask you how you coped with it. That's how. Uh, lifting. Lifting and being around good people. Is surrounding yourself with good people. Surrounding yourself with good people. And do you think it's obviously lifting releases endorphins and stuff like that, but right. also do you think it's having an objective that you're working towards all the time? It's having a purpose. This yep. is where I'm heading, and because of that, my life now has meaning. Which takes us right back to leaving that legacy. Yeah. So that legacy, what I want to do, what I want to accomplish is be the world's strongest man at 198 pounds. Okay. I'm a good bit from that. But you're dude, working towards it. But I need to, uh, I just need to jump back on the drawing board. Yeah. Focus on what's wrong and take these learning curves that I've kind of ran into and utilize that. And now yeah. I can train for that. So I've been humbled. And that's all there is to it. And really all I can do now is work on myself, fix it. Uh, a lot of my static lifts need to be fixed. And a whole lot of my energy, my energy is kind of dwindling right now. And I don't know why other than maybe it is depression. Oh, there so I saying, need to sit back and think. It's, it's funny that you say that because that's the main thing that I've noticed with depression is the lack of energy. You lose whenever, it. It's gone. And whenever you replace that, though, like whenever you're happy, when you're filled with gratitude, all these different things – you feel on top of the world. Like you want to yeah. dominate everything in front of you, right? You want to conquer those goals. When you're depressed, you have no energy, right. which is why, and I've been there, you've been there. And that's why when people tell me like, I'm in a rough place, like I get it. And I hate that for you because I know just how hard it is to even get out of bed in the morning to do that's anything. But it is setting one small goal. Maybe your goal, if it's really bad, is to just go for a one mile walk that day, right? 
I have not done anything. I've been in this house for the past week because my depression has gotten that bad. I need to do something. Well, I need to get outside. I need to get some fresh air. I need to get some sunlight on me. And I need to clear my head because sitting inside the house is not clearing your head. So you go outside. Yep. My goal is to walk one mile today because for the past week, I have not left this fucking house. It's making a change. It's making that change. That's it. And it's becoming, and that's when that part of you is like, okay, awesome. We're doing something because you're depressed up here. You light a flame. Right. You light that flame. And then that inner part of you, that true self, the true you is like, fuck yes, we're rolling again. Let's go. Let's go. And then that's when motivation starts to come is because you get excited. We're doing something with our life now. Okay, awesome. But it's just setting those small goals, and they don't need to be huge. That's where I think a lot of people mess up when it, it comes to this kind of stuff. Well, they, get, they get complacent. Well, they get complacent, but then yeah. they also set way too big of goals. Oh, it yeah. depends on where you're at. You know, like if you're not working out at all yet, the first step is just signing up at a gym right? or just going for a run. If you haven't ran at all in five years, just go for a run. That's that's your first step. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Figure you out where you're at. Baseline. Baseline. Then once you have yeah. that baseline, then you can start stacking victories and all that different stuff. But that's like that is the best way, at least for me, getting out of those ruts of depression is stacking victories. And that's why I have to start off every morning. I have certain things I do every single morning. As soon as I get out of bed, I'll do a little bit of yoga just to like get the body moving because I'm right. 30 years old now. So yeah. I feel like a stiff board. It's crazy how that yeah, happened. You wake up like a mommy. Dude, yeah. Every, <laughs> which is weird because I growing sound up, like a bowl of Rice Krispies getting out of bed. So As soon as I hit 30. Everyone <laughs> talks about that. Like, oh, when you get 30, I'm like, yeah, fuck you. No, it won't. It won't happen yeah. to me. I swear to God. As yeah, soon happens. as I turned 30, I was like, oh my God, my body hurts. So anyways, <laughs> as soon as I wake up, I'll do a little bit of yoga. Yeah. And then I'll meditate. And then I'll read. And then also I wake up at a certain time. Right. I stacked four victories as soon as I got out of bed. And that sets the momentum for the rest of that day. The only time I get depressed is whenever I'm not stacking victories like that. Yeah, you miss one of those. I miss one of wake those. Wake up late. I wake Ruins up late. Day. I don't do yoga. I don't read. Mm-hmm. You're not, I skip you're not a kicking workout. Your brain in. Right. Like there's yeah. a party. It's like you could be doing better, and that's what gets me is because I hear yeah. that voice. You could be doing better. I'm like fuck. Well, now like I can separate from that and be like, I can be doing better, and I'm right. going. I'm going to do better, and I think that's a trap that people fall into as well. Is they just get they get stuck in that. It's like a fucking loop. It is. It's, it's that loop. It's you can't do this. You can't do this. You're worthless. All this different shit. You got to catch that and be like, no, no, I'm not worthless. I can I can do this. I'm going to do this. I think it's the main word there. Right. I am going to do this. And eventually you will do that. Absolutely. If you stick to it and you you have enough worth in yourself and you know how much you're worth, then you'll make your worth more. But the way you build that worth is by accomplishing things. Right. And they're not accomplishing shit by not changing anything. No, but you can accomplish those things by just small actions, very small actions to get that ball rolling. Then you start catching momentum. So exactly what you're explaining right now is something that happened to me when I started to go see my psychiatrist while I was, I was on my way out of the Marine Corps. Okay. This was like 2016. They had me on all these pills because they're like, oh, PTSD stuff and do I believe in PTSD? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I believe that me personally, I think of PTSD and I think of guys that have either been blown up, pulled their friends in half out from under a Hummer or been completely flamed out inside of a room, yeah, you know, like really bad people shit. that have been hurt walking around 
And they can't stop thinking of, is that bag of trash on the side of the street going to explode when I walk past it? That's rough. So yeah. these guys that went through Iraq and Afghanistan and stuff like that, especially Fallujah, when Fallujah kicked off, those guys, they have PTSD. They have a reason. They can be like, I have PTSD. I'm an air winger. I worked on V-22 Ospreys as an avionics technician, right? I had a wrench, not a rifle. So you just so, had some shit to work on. Right. So for me, it was the depression, the anxiety, because anxiety is PTSD. Yeah. And anyone with it, they have anxiety for a reason. So that is your post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. It's a disorder. It's not like a disease or anything like that. Right. But what you were just explaining, how starting little things can change. So you have to do, let's just say those four things every morning when you got out of bed. My life was so upside down because they had me on all these pills that I was I was a zombie to the world, just to life. And I did the same things every day. I would wake up. I would go to work. I would get off work. I would come home. I would play with the kids. I would put the kids to bed. I would go to sleep. And then it, it continued. It was like Groundhog Day, you yeah. know? I figured out that I didn't go to the movie theater for 14 years. I wouldn't go in public. And I didn't even realize it. Huh. I had no clue until I started speaking to a psychiatrist that said, dude, you're jacked up. Like, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to go to Walmart today and just go walk around. I don't want you to buy anything. Hmm. So I went and I walked around Walmart. You're breaking the cycle. And that's what it was. I had that groundhog day and he wanted me to just step just outside the box. Yeah. And by doing that, I became more talkative. And then when I met the guy that brought me into Strongman, it was because I had become more extroverted. Okay. And I wasn't just sitting there saying I'm going to be a lone wolf for the rest of my life, you know? People take pride in that shit. And it's, I'm uh, sure you know plenty of people that take pride I in this do. whole lone wolf mentality. And it's, it's holding not good you back. For you. It's holding you back. It's a terrible life. Like the better people that you have around you, the better you're going to be. Yeah. We all need to be extroverted in some way. In some way. Like I, I have to force myself. I really that. do. Like I love, especially the past two years, man. Like the more I've worked on myself, the more I love being alone. Yeah. I fucking love it because it's, it's a it's a it's a stress-free environment oh dude you're not speaking you can sit there you can do your meditation oh uh, yeah i'm comfortable myself now. i can <laughs> sit just com in complete silence. i've caught myself doing that i drive now without anything yeah no radio or anything and i know that drives people crazy like they that. come to visit and it's just silent in my car and it's like i'm cool with this you're the one that needs like some sort of stimulation distraction from yeah. boredom like i'm good with being bored yeah i could be on an island by myself i feel you yeah but <laughs> i've also very recently actually very recently i realized like oh you've gotten way too comfortable with being by yourself right and as a result you're not growing you're not meeting any new people and i haven't i love right. my i have a very amazing circle around me and they've been the same circle for three to five years now right i'm not meeting anyone new that could benefit this you know right. like Maybe yeah. that they could be an awesome podcast guest that could help other people. And because I'm stuck in my little, little world every single day and in my comfort zone, mm. I'm not bringing guests on that are going to serve value to other people. Right. So that's the thing. Like you, you got to catch yourself because you could feel like the happiest person ever. And it's the opposite of what you're saying. Like you're yeah. depressed because you're stuck in the cycle. Well, I'm the happiest I've ever been. But I was also stuck in a cycle, and that cycle was holding me back and was holding my goals back, yeah. you know, growth for the company and stuff like that. So I think it's just a matter of having that self-awareness, right? Yeah. But like we said earlier, that doesn't happen overnight. or I mean, It does happen overnight, but it's not like drawn out. It's just you. all of a sudden you're just like, oh, shit. 
Yep. I've been doing the same thing for 14 years. You don't even know. And it's crazy that you brought that up because the majority of people I know are exactly like that. Right. And La family, friends. If they're in that circle too, that's we have to draw them out of that. And yeah. It's hard. It's very hard. I had lots of friends that were trying to pull me. And I was always like, nah, I got something to do. I got something to do. I never had anything to do. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, if you listen to this. Yeah. I didn't have shit to do. Oh, I just I, didn't want to hang out with you. I was stuck in my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, I was I was happy being alone. Yeah. But uh I think that's that's been I thank John actually tremendously for meeting between us. Yeah. So him getting me up here to Sowen when yeah, we did that. The deadlift that challenge. That was yeah, the deadlift challenge. It's not like I'm some amazing deadlifter. I obviously suck at deadlifting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh with that, it got me out here, which I would have never came. Yeah. But me being who I am and knowing that I have these issues, I said, you know what? Let's do it. And then I came up here and you brought me onto the team and it was probably the happiest moment in the past 10 years of my life. That's awesome. So since then, I've been able to push that because it's helped me like listening to everything that you've done, listening to the stories but behind like John and everybody yeah. that's in there, like the whole team. They're all great guys. Uh, you've got some amazing athletes. Yeah. So it, it pushes me checks. to be a better athlete and a better person. Yeah. So, yeah. But it was getting out of that Thank comfort you, zone. Thank you, John. <laughs> Thank you, John. I've showed John a million. John won't come on the podcast. Yeah, I've tried shouldn't. numerous times. I don't know if this chair will like sit him up on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's getting out of that comfort zone and it's breaking that cycle. I love that you brought that up because I've never thought about it, even though it's something that I fell into, but I didn't think about it in that cycle. Right. And I wonder, because now my gears are turning, right? Yeah. I wonder. This if, is when the podcast starts. Right. This is where the podcast <laughs> starts. 41 minutes in. Yeah. But I wonder if that makes us depressed because it's not how we're supposed to live life. That's a very modern way of living life. Doing the same routine shit every single day. No excitement. 500 years ago, even. Not that long ago. Shit could get turned upside down really fucking quick, and you just had yeah. to like adapt and survive. Either if it was like you're farming, and all of a sudden some yeah. wolves or wildlife or whatever comes yeah. out and like threatens you, this neighboring tribe just decides to show up and fuck up your world because they want your resources, or you haven't eaten for a week and can't find anything to kill. Right, exactly. Like so. your life, you know. Now we get the luxury of we know exactly right. what, especially like in our world, we know exactly what we're going to eat at what time yep. every single day. And if you don't, you jump on Grubhub. Yeah, and you just get it, right? <laughs> it's just, if we go to the store 10 yeah. minutes down the road, whatever it is. But that's a very new way of living. And it's just yeah. like most things. We don't know how to deal with it. Like no. on a subconscious, on a human being level, whatever it is, we do not know how to deal with the same routine shit. And why should we? That is such a boring way to live life. It Doing is. the same exact shit every single day for the next 50 years. And then guess what? You're fucking dead. It's all over. You did nothing. You get one life. You did. Well, unless you're me. I got six. <laughs> yeah, but, but either right, way, yeah. you get one. Like, you get one chance to live until you die. And you're going to do all this same routine shit. Yeah. Even I'm if not you're going to. Even if you're happy. Are you going to? No, fuck I'm no, definitely not. No. But <laughs> even if you were happy, I still encourage you to get, like, break that cycle. Yeah, and it doesn't absolutely. have to be anything huge. It's like you said, you went to Walmart and walked around. That's it. It that took me out it. of a cycle and it helped everything. That's crazy. Walking around Walmart. Just, just some small thing. I've done things like take different ways to work. 
Right. Right. That'll like help I'll, too. I'll take some back roads or whatever it is just to mix things up. That was like three months into my treatment. Yeah. He started making me drive around. Do you think that was the biggest change for you was breaking that cycle? I think my biggest change is when he told me that I have kept my kids and my wife at the time in my cycle. So it was not just me being comfortable. It was me ruining them living. Well, that was your motivation to break it, right? And it was. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I don't even take my kids to the park. I don't take them anywhere. We stay in the house. We go in the backyard. They swing. They have fun out there. We'll get a water slide out. Everything was at home in my square, you know? Your comfort. I kept myself right there because I was comfortable there. Yeah. They have so much more fun if you take them to an aquarium or a zoo. Well, that's our it responsibility. It wasn't even a thought, man. That's like, our responsibility as a parent is to show you the kid, like show right? your kid the world. It was that like way. I homeschooled them, but with life. Yeah. The only sucks. outside life that they had was going to school. And that's not the way it should have been. And once I was told that, because I didn't realize, you don't realize when you're doing this. Of course this. not. But when someone lets you know, you go, I'm an idiot and I need to change this. Well, that's why the lone wolf mentality doesn't work. You have no. to have that second perspective of someone that you respect yeah. and someone that loves you. If it's a bro or a family member or whatever it is. You've got to have someone else to tell you you're fucking up. Yeah. And if you're hard headed, you're not going to listen. Well, that's you need to be open minded. Yeah. yeah, and even if someone tells you something, I was closed off, man. Even if someone tells you something, just whenever, yeah. you don't have to fight them on it. Like someone could no. tell me, Andy, you do this, and I'm gonna go, okay, yeah, I do do that. I need to change that. Or I'm gonna go, I don't see it. Yeah, but I'm not gonna say anything about it. Like I just think I don't have like you don't have to start some bullshit over it. You don't have to start some feud. It's just like, thank you for your feedback. Yeah, it's an opinion. It's an opinion. Thank you for yeah. your opinion. And I can take it or leave it, whatever. But you need to be willing to take it if it's something that will actually help you and make your life better right. and help those around you. Like if it's you have the, wives uh, and kids or whatever. It's the, uh, trying to think of uh, constructive criticism. Yeah. I was terrible with it. Yeah. People would tell me things and I was like, you know what? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Fuck you. Don't tell but, me anything. But then if I would stop and I would think about it and I'd be like, damn, they're right. You know? I catch myself <laughs> doing it even with um, Norse. I, it's yeah. really bad with Norse. Someone will tell me something and I'll be like. There's a part of me that I've had to catch over the years, and now I'm aware of it, so it's not as bad. But any any feedback, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, you don't know more. Like you don't know more about how to run my company than me. And it's like, yeah. Well, they might have some really good ideas that can help your company, asshole. Like that's how Toyota works. Yeah, open up your fucking. I realized this long time ago, so luckily I did, or else we probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. But I did catch myself, and it was always this like at like I would catch myself being an asshole. And my response, I'm like, this person is just trying to help you. And then I was like, that was actually a really good idea that you could try. And now I pretty much try everything. Like if someone tells yeah. me, like, have you thought about doing this? I'm like, actually, no. And you turned into a, a yes, shot. man. <laughs> kind of. Like if it depends, you know, and then sometimes it's like, actually, a lot of times, actually, it's like, have you tried this? Yeah, actually. Like and yeah, it, it yeah, did, did not work, you know, whatever. But thank you for, thank you for caring. And that's the thing. Yeah. They do it because they care. Right. They're, people, everyone's trying to help you if they are in your circle anyways. Usually, yeah. Unless they're against you. And then obviously we know who those are and you, probably not you don't circle. let them in your circle. But that's why But you can't improve with the lone wolf mentality. Right. Like you have to have these people around you, for one, for support. For when you are going through rough times, you can have someone to talk to. But also someone that's going to like light a fire underneath your ass when you're fucking up. Be like, hey, you need to fix this. I can tell you right now, if it wasn't for the circle that I do have now, 
I would probably be in that same mentality. We wouldn't know each other. I wouldn't even be in strongman, likely. Yeah. And I would just be the most miserable fuck you've ever met. Because that's how I was. Right. So luckily, a psychiatrist, uh, me getting out of the Marine Corps and like having all the depression because of that, because I didn't want to get out. I mean, I was I wanted to stay in, but medically I couldn't. I did everything I could to stay. Yeah. I was on multiple med boards. I had 15 surgeries. Like there's, <laughs> they were just like, you know what? You're, you're broken. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, it was during that time where it was like, if you can't run three miles, you can't be a Marine. And with 70% blood flow in your right leg from having femoral artery surgery to fix your heart and your lung, you're not running three miles. I don't care who you are. A superhuman's not doing it because right. there's no blood flow to get to the leg. Yeah. Once you run a half mile, your shit goes dead and it's going to lock out. You can't use it. If your legs don't and that's what blood, happens to move. Yeah. And that's why also like deadlifting, squatting, I pass out a lot because yeah. it's the blood flow. Once that messes up, I go to sleep. Anyone is going to. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, I would, I would be that way right now if it wasn't for that circle. So that lone wolf mentality was ruining my life. So getting out of that has opened this up to where I can live a life and now I'm happy. How would you recommend people find their, their tribe? Find something that you love to do and start doing it and take yourself and make yourself at least change one thing to get into that that you love to do. If you like drawing, go buy a brand new pack of drawing pencils and some pastels or whatever you need to draw and sit down for an hour and just draw whatever comes to your mind. And then the next day, who knows if you liked it, maybe you'll continue to do it. And if not, you just try again. But if you love drawing, don't just leave it alone. Yeah. Take the time and just try and make yourself do it because before you know it, you'll be going to art classes. And then later on, you'll be running an art studio. So you yeah. can open up your life to so many opportunities by doing what you love. So and, I think that's the thing, though, is but even then you progress by going out there. Right. And getting around other people that know more than you that one can thing. help you change one thing. Right. Start drawing. OK, cool. Well, I love doing this but I could be better. Let me go find an art class. Yes. So you start going to this art class. You start learning from someone that knows more than you. Now you're getting better at this thing. And you met new people. And you met new people in the process because so there's other like-minded people yeah. in that room drawing shit too. And that is exactly the concept that happened to me. I tried that new thing. I would not go around people. I wouldn't go in public places because I just, in my head, I was like, I want to kill everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Norse Mentality. This podcast is a byproduct of Norse Fitness. We make clothing, fitness accessories, supplements, and other tools to help you reach your true potential. You can check it out at norsefitness.co. And if you found this episode beneficial, please share it with a friend. That way we can continue to make a bigger impact and change the world. Thank you for your support. We'll talk to you soon.